I don't know if, if photography is more than just you showing up, taking some photos and then like not, and like you put the camera down like that. I, I, I can't fathom that idea. Like I'm only picking up my camera to work like this. I shoot so much that it's no longer like, uh, it's not a job to me anymore. It's like a, it's my life. This is what I do. I, we're going to go to this place. Of course I'm bringing a camera. Right. And so I don't know. There's a lot of things I get super passionate about and I'm not just uh, someone who shows up and takes photos of someone else's kids. I don't want a portfolio at the end of my career that only shows me chasing someone's white dress. Mm. You know, if you really care about photography, that means you care about your clients, right? And you care about the, the moments and images that you deliver to them. Welcome to the Light and Dark Photography Podcast, where you can build your business, grow your community, and have fun doing it. I am your host, John Mansfield. Every week, we bring you real conversations with photographers and entrepreneurs to discover ways that you can take your business to the next level and serve your clients well. We record these live in our Facebook community so you can be part of the conversation. So grab a cup of coffee or a glass of whiskey and get ready for today's episode. Today, we have double the Johns on the podcast for you. My friend, John Canlis is talking with me about having passion and purpose behind your photography. Uh, John is a family and portrait photographer based in Provo, Utah. He owns The Find Lab, uh, which is a lab uh, for film scans and digital editing. You can buy film. There's a bunch of fun stuff on their website. He is one of the founders of the Hybrid Collective Conference, and he hosts workshops and has a course on film photography called Film Is Not Dead. Definitely go check out all of those things. Uh, today, we get into why we take photos, the importance of uh, personal work, and why you need to be photographing the ones that you love. I think you're going to love it, so let's get into it. Welcome to the podcast, uh, Jonathan Canlis. How are you today? I'm good, man. I think just like everybody else, I'm just kind of trudging through what's left of 2021, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I'm feeling that. We are definitely in the, uh, in the trudges right now. It yeah. is. Um, I've got, I've had like, I had a big burst of work in the last month or so. Um, I'm leaving on Friday for like, what was me? I have to go to Hawaii and take photos. Um, yeah, it's rough. Your life, man. It's rough. Um, <laughs> but I'm going to like two different islands, five different families, um, come back. And then I've got a handful of other family sessions to the end of the year. But, um, you know, just uh, that and, you know, running a or owning a lab, I guess. I'm not running it. I've got some, I pay someone to run that. But That's the way to do it. Yeah. <laughs> there's... There's all kinds of stuff, but life is good. 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 I'm glad. Yeah. I, uh, I've been seeing all the, all the places that you're traveling for, for sessions. You're coming to Houston soon. Um, yeah. So my mom, uh, I'm moving my mom from Houston to here. Okay. Um, cool. Just for a handful of really lame reasons. Uh, uh -huh. siblings are, you know, Let's not talk about family. Let's not get into that. Yeah, we don't uh, need to get into that today. Uh, long story short, I signed a lease. I signed a, I signed a lease. Uh, we move in tomorrow. Uh, okay. This apartment up in Orem, like maybe five minutes from where the lab is. I'm going to move her up there. Um, but like, she's still in Houston physically. I'll fly out on the 30th. I've got shoots on the 31st and then January 1st and then fly home on the 2nd with her uh, back to Utah. I also kind of possibly like booked that trip all around going to see Karungbin. Uh -huh. um, I, I, I heard you were coming in to see them. Yeah. Yeah. New, New Year's Eve. They're from Houston. So this show has got to be incredible. Um, oh yeah. Hometown. It's good. Yeah, so, I am yeah. there for my clients. Don't get me wrong. And yeah. to get my mom, but I'm yeah. mostly there to go see Karungbin. Oh yeah. That's, that's how I like to schedule my travel too. I'm like, I want to go to this place for this reason 
oh, yeah. and it'll book some clients around that. Yeah. And uh, I've had many family sessions literally like be booked around the fact that I want to eat somewhere. So there's yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. That's the best. That's, that's the, that's, <laughs> that should be everyone's goal in, in their business. <laughs> like I want to be able to travel to get oh, eat at these places. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. Okay. So for anyone who doesn't know who you are, give us a little background of uh, you, how you got into photography, all that kind of stuff, where you're based, what you love photographing, all those things. Yeah. So uh, my name's John Canlis. If you call me Jonathan Canlis, either you're my mom or you owe me money. I know it felt weird saying that when I introduced you earlier, right? Um, yeah. I was like, that's your Instagram. It's on your zoom right now. I know. It was like, <laughs> it was, I did it when I first started my business. It's like, Oh yes. Jonathan Canlis. It sounds that's very proper. And yes. Well, not even that. Like I did it to please my mom. Cause that's what she named me. Right. But then like uh, your email address is like Jonathan at Jonathan Canlis photography.com. Ridiculous. Stupid. It's yeah. just, one of the biggest mistakes I ever did because no one calls me that. And like, it feels so informal. It's like almost like separating work from real life. Like you call me Jonathan, like, Oh, you're in this group of people. Right. Uh-huh. So, um, I started photography back in oof, living in Japan as a Mormon missionary. Actually. Um, I just, I, I fell in love with like, okay. 1.4. I had no idea what I was doing, but I was shooting on A and things were coming back amazing because I was shooting inside, right? Yep. Um, and I fell in love with it. And in another life, before I was a photographer, uh, I spoke Japanese. I worked at this multi-level marketing company in Provo called New Skin, selling uh, lotions and exfoliants to Japanese people. And okay. I was really damn good at it. Like I was like top salesman for like two years straight. Like um, I was going to go to Sony. I was going to go to Tokyo and go work for Sony with an internship through BYU where I went to college. Um, but I turned it down like the day of the interview, like just said, Nope, this is not for me. And I'm four and a half years into college doctor of nothing. <laughs> and, uh, decided, well, I don't know what the fuck I'm going to do with my life. Am I allowed to swear in here? You can say whatever you want to say on this podcast. I did not know what I was going to do with my life. Cause again, I'm four and a half years in the college and I got one gym class left and then I graduated. I took every Japanese class they had available because I was good at it. Like when I came home from Japan, I could read a newspaper. I tested all the way through like 330 level classes. So I took every class available. And if I took every class available, all I need to do is take five more classes, which were somewhat related to Japan or Japanese. And I'd have a double major in Asian studies. So why not? Because that looks good on a resume, right? Right. That's it. No one cares. <laughs> no one gives a shit. No one cares about all that? You know, hey, I'm so glad you have an Asian studies major. Did you make me some fried rice? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't know. Anyway, that was horrible. Um, so I took a semester off and I went to London for no reason whatsoever other than my roommate asking to. Like he was a painter at the time and they needed six dudes to go, uh, like to have the guys go to this program, which was painting, sociology, English, and something else. I had literally nothing to do with it. I'm like, I'm, I hate London. I didn't want anything to do with it. Like I didn't want to go. Right. But he's like, dude, th- like all the concerts you would ever want to see are in London. He wasn't lying. Mm-hmm. There's 55 girls and six dudes. <laughs> I was like, okay, I'm going. Like, yeah, I'm, that, that sounds like sounds a good like, trip. It sounds it's we're, we're like we're literally like uh, like in Notting Hill, like steps from Hyde Park. Not that that anything like at the time enticed me at all, but I did see Ben Folds Five at the Royal Albert Hall, which was incredible. That would be amazing. Anyway, saw a bunch of shows, shot a bunch <laughs> of film, got into photography, and realized you know what, this isn't just a hobby. I really want to do this. You know, um, came back. Got fired from New Skin. Um, I've been fired from every job I've ever had. Uh, there's a little tidbit for everybody. <laughs> I'm unemployable. <laughs> That's why you work for yourself now. <laughs> yeah, it is kind of. I'm not very good at uh, having people telling me what to do. When I don't do. like it either. It's yeah. not the best. Yeah. I feel like a lot of entrepreneur, like a lot of the entrepreneur spirit is like, I want to be able to do what I want to do. And not yeah. because you told me to do it, but because I want to do it. Yeah, very much so. 
And, uh, so I just started, you know, taking photos and living in Provo, Utah, where everyone and their dogs get married at the ripe age of 19 or 21 mm-hmm. place to be for weddings. <laughs> so, uh, uh, without ever, uh, aspiring to be a wedding photographer, I became a wedding photographer, you know, just kind of fell in my lap. But like the cool thing about weddings is you can pretty much do whatever it is that you like about photography. You can, you can do a wedding. So you're going to put your head down and kind of drudge through the other shit you know, like receptions or like whatever else you got to be shooting. But, um, Mm. for the most part, like it, it filled my cup and it was great. Like I, I established, by the time I graduated, I'd already established a business. I was shooting like 35, 40 weddings a year. Wow. Straight out of college. Well, I mean, but again, remember I'd already done four and a half years. So I had another three years, seven and a half years of college doctor, nothing. That's me. (laughs) Good times. Um, yeah. So, uh, and you know, this is like the late nineties, right? Uh, early two thousands. So I'm, I'm shooting film. Digital's a thing, but I just, I don't know. I don't, I don't it's like, being, I don't like being told what I got to do. Uh-huh. And like people telling me, Hey, this is better. You should do this. They're like you tell me something is better. Literally. It's like the, like there's just this automatic button where I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, cool. Like no. I'm going to do the other thing. <laughs> yeah. You know, exactly. Right. Um, so cut my teeth on weddings, man. I shot weddings for decades and I can really say decades because I shot weddings even this year. And so it's been, I've been doing this officially since, uh, 1999. So it's 22 years. Yeah. Um, that's a long time for, for weddings. It is a long time. I definitely don't <laughs> shoot any weddings. I think I shot four this year, which was enough. Mm-hmm. Um, but this, a couple of them were not sorry all of them were cool a couple of them were super cool where i got like i got flown to like calgary and i got to go up to banff which was incredible yeah. there was thing up in seattle at the chihuly thing right at the base of the needle that was incredible like um yeah it's fun but you know i shot weddings for basically 12, 15 16 years and realized oh i'm not really a wedding photographer like I love families. Like that's the one aspect of wedding photography that I love the most. Um, just like the celebration of family or whatever that that family is defined as your unit, your friends. It doesn't have to be real people or blood. You know, it's like right, whatever your uh, group yeah. is. You know, so those, those loved ones around you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so. Currently now, I I mostly only shoot families. I've been on a plane every weekend for the last two months, going all over Houston, San Fran, San Diego, Seattle, uh, Austin. I don't know. It's it, it, it's a blur. Yeah. Oh yeah. Whenever you're traveling that much, it's just like, where have I been this yeah. month? Yeah. Yeah. In the world. I'm back like, home now. Okay. Where in the world is Jonathan Canlis? Not Carmen yes. San Diego, but this guy, you know? Yes. Yeah. Should make yourself a theme song and just like, every time you're traveling. <laughs> so where that, am I going? <laughs> you know, speaking of kids, that's kind of the cool thing. I'll be honest. For a while, man, I quit traveling. I was done. I was so over it. Because um, sh- I've been shooting for so long. I, you know, I've, I've dabbled in teaching workshops. I started this thing called Film Is Not Dead. Mm-hmm. That, that became a workshop that was worldwide. You know, I was traveling once a month at least to these workshops. Um, but then I kind of quit because it, it just wasn't fun. I was doing it all alone. But my kids are old enough now that like they can come as assistants and I'll get on a plane any weekend. I don't care as long as I can bring one of them with me. It's oh, yeah. worth it. It's like, like one of my kids told me like as we were driving like i'm you know i'm blaring music and trying to expose them to places that they've never seen you know san francisco uh scottsdale arizona wherever and they turned to me and said this is the best being in a car with you listening to good music eating good food seeing these cool places now yes they got to hold all the bags they're loading all the film i'm not jack crap like i literally look like some kind of slave driver could load my film, <laughs> hand me this, whatever, blah, blah, blah. But in exchange, you know, you get this experience. And like, I, I totally spoil them. I stay in nicer hotels than I normally would. Cause if I'm just going by myself, I don't care. Whatever right. she is, just 
book it, you know? Yeah. But it's like, okay, cool. We're going to stay downtown San Fran near Union Square or something near Chinatown that we can walk and like, we're going to go to these restaurants and you're going to experience all this stuff, you know? Like, I think back to back, like I took, so I got twins, right? I took Rain to Boston. We skated around Harvard. That's and awesome. A week later, I took Isla to San Francisco and like we walked around Stanford. You yeah. know, just yeah. it's it's super rewarding. That's what yeah. I'm talking That is really cool. I'm in the um my kids are still young, like our youngest is one. And yeah. uh and, like I was I was really pushing for for travel in like 2017, 2018, 2019. And I was I was going a lot, you know bunch of different places, New York, California, Florida, Colorado, all those like major spots. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and then now that the kids are a little bit older, our oldest is in school now. I'm like, yeah, I don't want to be traveling as much, but yeah. like that where you are, where I could take them with me, that sounds like a lot of fun. Every amazing. now and then I'll get to take my wife with me. You know, when I have like a yeah. wedding, like we I have, had a wedding last year in uh, Mexico and went with her. She was able to come with me and be my assistant and help me out with cameras and all that kind of stuff. And I was like, yeah, this is great. This is much more fun than just traveling by myself. Yeah. It's Uh, really fun. Like my oldest son, he's in college now, um, but he graduated this year uh, from high school. He graduated and literally the next day we got on a plane to Hawaii. We went to like three different islands and he was my assistant uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> he's he's the worst uh, if he's listening sorry Isaac he's the worst <laughs> out of all it was it was like well you're just a body that's fine he was, he was okay he's he's fine but comparative to like say Isla or Rain who are very attentive and like you know interacting with kids and like right anyway, yeah yeah, yeah. he's like if you've got like, a handful of assistants, you're going to have a, you're going to play favorites. I already hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. I've got like a handful of, of assistants, like second photographers for weddings. And there are definitely the ones that I text first. I'm like, are you available? Yeah. And then there's the other ones. So if, y'all, if y'all are watching, or if you're listening, you know, you can try and figure out who you are. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, yeah, there are some people that are more attentive. I know for me, like doing certain things, helping out with, with stuff, like I've helped like build houses and things before and I'm okay. I can swing a hammer and stuff, but I'm also not like, okay, this needs to be done. And this like proactively doing stuff. I'm just like, I don't know, tell me what to do and then I'll do it. Um, Cause that's not my forte. I am not a carpenter. we have a few different things around the house that I have built um, and have fallen apart in the last year. So. Yeah. <laughs> so that's, that's not for me, but that's, that's really cool. So um, it's going on to that. So like, yeah. you know, you build houses, you do like, you got your fingers in a handful of things, right? A few. Yeah. 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 Well, a few, you've got a podcast, you shoot weddings, you shoot family. Yeah. I've definitely diversified in the fact that I did on I did a workshop, made that to an online thing. So I've got a handful of like teaching things like PDFs that I don't really uh, push all that super hard right now. Um, when they came out, I did, but um, I started a lab. So the find lab, the film about dead lab, uh, which is incredible. Mm-hmm. Have, I think there's 28 of us now, 28 employees. That's awesome. Um, it's great. It's, a, it's the whole reason we moved back here. We used to live in Hawaii before we lived. I live in Payson, Utah, real small podunk town. The only reason I moved here. Very, very similar to Hawaii. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of droves of people are, are moving from Hawaii to Utah. And people are just like, hey, are you selling your house in Payson so I can get out of Hawaii? <laughs> Um, we moved, I I mean, the the business was having the best worst problem it could. We were experiencing a ton of growth and I was flying back a ton and we just had to change things up and we did. And we moved out here and I'm here for good. I built, I'm in my studio right now. Um, I can't show you, but, um, this is like my office. So I used to be in the uh, laundry room, which was good times, but now I've got, this is 12 feet by 26 feet. 
14 foot ceiling. So it's basically the fourth bay of the three car garage that's attached to my shooting area just over here. Okay. Nice. Yeah. That is really nice to have your own separate space. We recently moved into a larger house where I have an actual room for an office instead of a corner of our bedroom for my desk. And then all of my gear just Yep. Yep. Next yep, to me. yep. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's it's nice to have some elbow room around here. Uh, it's sometimes. nice. It's just funny. It's like so late in my career that I finally like. Oh, hey, you know, it'd be nice to have something for myself. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so yeah. I mean, uh, I guess that's who I am. I've I've got my fingers in a handful of other things, um, like the hybrid collective, which is where I met you. Um, yeah. And then I'm also part of another company that I've been using since day one, which is called Instaproofs, uh, for like my online proofing stuff like that. But nice. that's it. Yeah. I'm a, I've had this discussion in the last week several times, and over the last year, handful of times. I'm not an artist. I'm not, you know, I'm not coming in trying to create these like art images or I'm a, I'm a documentarian. And if anything, I would say it's more like anthropology. I show up, I shoot. And I also, let's be honest, I lie, right? (laughs) Because it's my job to show up and present the ideal of what's happening or the ideal of who you are. Yeah. That may not always be the case, especially in the current situation. I don't want to be there. Something's happening. I'm not saying that they're not, amazing people, but you know, you have no idea what's happened that day. Who's had fights or whatever. They're they're worried about something else. So I show up, I know what I want to say. I know how to say it with my camera. Um, actually I know how to say it with my personality. I'll be honest. Yeah. Cause the camera is just, it's just waiting, right? It's hunting. So I use my personality to, I guess, guide the shoot to what I think I want it to be. And then they react and then I document and then it shows up how it is. That yeah. Is. Yeah. I, I love that. I like, I think that a lot of times we feel like we have to just shoot like exactly what it is. If you're going for like that documentarian style, but a lot of times it's our personality and like how we present ourselves whenever we're there with our clients that really changes the mood of the scene. Cause I've had so many couples that I'm like, Oh, you had a fight on the way over here. Like I can tell just the, just the vibe when you open the door, I'm like, Ooh, okay. I'm working overtime today. Like this is going to be difficult. I can see the puffy eyes from the crying and yeah. And it's like, I've got to like kick it up a notch. I can't just be like, all right, cool. Let's go do this thing. Um, when, you know, some couples are just like, they're ready to go and we can go. Uh, so a lot of times it is your personality. You have to like get things going um, in, I don't know, just kind of like a, a way of, of kind of bringing enthusiasm into the photo shoot uh, to help bring up their enthusiasm sometimes if they're not. Yeah. I mean, like I think probably 99% of it is your personality. Mm-hmm. And then it's also, in my opinion, having a game plan because you can use your personality and like how people are going to react to that is completely unique to themselves. But like, I go in knowing what I want to say, right? Like, I know, like, there's just kind of like universal feelings that I know, like as a family, regardless of your background, how much I know about you, how much little I know about you. These are like ubiquitous to everyone they all want to feel these feelings of closeness intimacy having the time of their lives being fun that kind of stuff right and mm-hmm. as you use your personality that's how you get to kind of like sit back and observe and see how they're going to react because you know if i come up to someone and be like like that like you, right. you just yeah. smile and to yeah. some people they might scream or get quiet or like you know fight it, which is fine. Like I know what I want, but if you won't give me that, I'm definitely willing to settle for plan B because whatever mm-hmm. plan B is, is them. Right. Oh yeah. Yeah. And having that game plan allows you to really focus on what you're doing and not try and like come up with a plan off the spot. Um, 
is if you're just going in just blind and you're like, okay, I've got to do this. And then you're not really focusing on the photographs themselves and the, the, your subject. Yeah. And it's also like, it helps with consistency. Like if you know what you're seeing, like it's going to show up in your photos, right? Mm -hmm. Like the client isn't going to be surprised when I hand them the photos that basically are the carbon copy of the last one, just their faces. I mean, obviously it's not like, okay, I'm going to pose you directly and have you do these exact same things. There are some things that are kind of like that. Yeah. Like it's, it's consistency. That's what you get hired. At least I think. Oh yeah. Cause I mean, they, they hire you because of the photographs that you've taken in the past. They're like, I can see myself in one of his photos. So I'm going to hire him. And then if you're just like giving them something completely different, it's like, oh, well, that's not exactly what I hired you for, but you know, maybe that's, that's good. Hey, John, you got a sec? Yeah, friend with the same exact voice as mine. What's up? Do you enjoy going to the post office? You know, I really don't. There's long lines and maybe there's that little like kiosk thing that works sometimes, but the postage doesn't always print and then you have to wait in the long line anyway. So yeah, no. Why do you ask? Well, I think that ShipStation would be perfect for you. ShipStation is a web-based shipping and order management software that makes shipping products so much easier. You can set up automations for your e-commerce site to print postage directly from home automatically. Seriously, it has been a game changer for me and my business. You can easily print and purchase postage directly from your computer right at home or wherever your computer is. And you can get those packages out to your valued clients quicker and with less hassle than traditional shipping methods. That's cool. All right. You got me. How do I sign up? You can sign up for a free 60 day trial at lightdarkco.com slash ship station. That's lightdarkco.com slash ship station. And I'll see you anywhere but the post office. Cool. Thanks, friend. And by the way, love your voice. Thanks. Okay, one of the things that I I really have loved about, you know, I've been following you for a little bit before meeting you at at Hybrid, um, because my brother Mason Sasquatch has known you for years, uh, thanks to Hybrid as well. And I think after that first year that he went there, he was like, so you need to go follow John. And cause we're always just like, Hey, check out this photographer. Um, so I've been following you for a while and I love the, the passion that you have behind a lot of your, your work, especially your, uh, your personal projects, like your, uh, safe, unsafe, uh, that yeah. you did recently. What, I mean, what's one of your passions, like the purpose behind a lot of your personal stuff? Well, there's a couple things. So I don't know, like, I think anyone living in this day and age, you're going to get pretty, I don't know if, if photography is more than just you showing up, taking some photos and then like, not, and like you put the camera down like that. I, I, I can't fathom that idea. Like I'm only picking up my camera to work like this. I shoot so much that it's no longer like, uh, it's not a job to me anymore. It's like a, it's my life. This is what I do. I, we're going to go to this place. Of course I'm bringing a camera. Right. And so I don't know. There's a lot of things I get super passionate about and I'm not just, uh, someone who shows up and takes photos of someone else's kids. I don't want a portfolio at the end of my career that only shows me chasing someone's white dress. Mm-hmm. You know, if you really care about photography, that means you care about your clients, right? And you care about the, the moments and images that you deliver to them. And guaranteed, whether you're, you have a real family, like, a, like you're married, have kids. Sorry, that's not a real family. Like if you have like, any kind of family, do you know what I mean? Like if you have kind of, unit that you consider a family, you're going to naturally want to pick that camera up and point it at them. Right. So obviously Mm -hmm. first started with me like documenting my kids a ton, um, taking their photos, which led to like anything I'm going to get passionate about. So like today is December 7th, right? 
Yeah. Uh, I think for seven years straight, I would show up while we were living in Hawaii, I would show up to Pearl Harbor and just shoot as many of the living veterans that I could. And I'm going to be completely honest, and this may sound pompous, but I feel my coverage was always better than whatever showed up in the newspapers the next day. Because oh, yeah. it, it was real. I wasn't looking for like, uh, like the money shot of whichever living survivor was whatever living senator that showed up. You know, it was more about let's tell the story of these, in my opinion, like national treasures that are just walking around. I remember the one time that I met someone from the 501st, right? From like mm-hmm. Band of Brothers. I was like freaking out. Oh yeah. I'm like, oh my God. And people just pass it by him. I'm like, this is insane. This guy is standing right here. I'm gonna start talking. I want to give him a hug. Uh, I take as many photos of you as I can. Like I don't know. Um, to anyone that's listening, I think um, the one thing you should start to think about is the access that you have um, in your world, right? You have access to certain stories that only you do. And only you can actually really tell because those people trust you or you have already built enough rapport with whatever subjects uh, to come in and, and take photos and not be hindered by them being like, Oh, what are you doing? You know, like, um, I've done a handful of of personal projects. I've I've been to standing rock. I went to Mount Achaia. Um, I photographed just up the block from us when there was a black lives rally matter, a back black lives matter rally at the park that my kids cut through to go to their elementary. And then for every one person that was there for the black lives matter rally, there were 15 other armed to the teeth. Patriots with mm-hmm. their rifles with scopes, shotguns, and nine millimeters. You know, um, I give a damn. Yeah, you know, and I'm not. I'm not afraid to uh, voice my opinion. Like you, if you follow me, you can see me post like these really wonderful family photos, and then in the next like story, it's like I hate Thanksgiving because it's all about colonialism and um, genocide. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Like, <laughs> which is important to share because like for me knew nothing about that none of that was taught when I was growing up yeah and like that was it was just oh everyone was just friends and we had a great meal yeah. all together yeah. and that's what this is all about and there's a lot that uh that people still don't know um or don't you can't fathom that it is real because of what they were taught or wasn't, or what they weren't taught, um, growing up. Uh, I think that's, that's super important. And, and like you said, like you, you care. And I think all of us have something that we care about. For Uh, sure. For sure. Yeah. And, and like you said, with, with, you know, kind of think about what you have access to and who you have access to, like, when you were in Hawaii having access to Pearl Harbor, like right there, you could, you can drive there. Uh, I cannot drive there right now. Yeah. Uh, and the like, is that anyone could have showed up. Anyone could have been doing what I was doing. Yeah. Anyone. And, you know, I would notice that there'd be like maybe one, maybe another person doing what I was doing. Right. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, people just either didn't care, didn't know it's too early. Cause remember, uh, the first ceremony goes off at like 740 something in the morning. Cause that's when the first bombs hit. Right. So go there at like six, you gotta, and I'm an hour away. So you gotta get up at like 4am to get there by like six to get in line, to do whatever, you know, mm-hmm. there, there's effort in it. And obviously there's um, money involved too, especially if you're shooting film because time is money. And I, I'm, I'm funding these by myself. No one is paying for me to come up and do these things. And nor am I asking for money. Right. Uh, from that kind of stuff. Um, I have raised money before, um, but I've always donated it. Like I'm not, it's not for my personal game. Yeah. My personal game would be the satisfaction I get from creating those photos, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And being able to like, like tell the stories of, of the people that you meet there yeah. and, and share those photos. Um, so, uh, an interesting little um, tie-in with us and uh, Pearl Harbor. We um, we went on like a baby moon when our first 
uh, when we were pregnant, or I guess when my wife was pregnant with our first, and we went to Hawaii and we got to stay there for like three days. It was a very short trip, but it was amazing. And, um, and we went through the whole tour of like USS Arizona and all those things. And we saw on the wall, they had names of all the soldiers who died in the attacks. And one of them stood out and it was JD Maddox, who was, I think, 21, uh, in 1941. And, uh, and we still hadn't picked a, a name for our son yet. We had a few that we were kind of tossing around and it wasn't until months later that we were like, Maddox, we really like that name and it's spelled with T's. So it's a little bit different, but, um, but we, we plan to take him when he's 10, which will be in like three years. Uh, we're, we're planning to take him back there and just like go through the whole tour and all that and see his name and who he was named after, even though we have no tie at all to JD Maddox or his family or anything like that. Um, and thanks to ancestry.com, I've been able to like, find out a little bit about his family and That's cool. um, yeah, it's, it was, it was interesting. It was a very, um, I don't know. It's those kind of memorials and things are, are very easy to just walk through if you're not thinking about anything. Um, but they hold a lot whenever you stop there and think and actually take in the story. Um, but yeah, that was just a little something with, with Pearl Harbor and everything, especially being today. I was like, Oh yeah. That's, yeah I'm thinking about this. Like, the, last, the last time I went was 2016. So that's five years ago. Mm. And I got, because I've been doing it so often, another photographer whose husband had like uh, do. DOD, that was called Department of Defense Access. So instead of just being able to go to the thing, she got me on the base, right? We went mm. to places that I would have, as a civilian, never seen. Like she yeah. took one end of the, of, the, um, of the base and still in the cement, still in the cement were the bullet holes from when a plane flew down. So wow. I like was that. In one of the barracks, you could still see like chunks of the building gone. I remember during the ceremony, this is, there's always just these crazy things that happen because the world is so small. So I was shooting on a Roloflex, right? Like a twin lens reflex. You look mm-hmm. down, you get two lenses. And uh, the ceremonies happen. So, you know, all press is stuck in a box. So if I ever got press, it would suck because I'm stuck in this box with all these digital photographers with super long lenses. Yeah. It's a twin lens reflex. My zoom is my feet, you know? So <laughs> I went to the back and, there's a lot of vets in, in wheelchairs. And this guy kind of wheeled this guy back. I guess he had to use the bathroom and he's sitting there talking to me. He's like, I really like your camera. I was like, oh, thanks. So my dad, uh, uh, my dad works on these. I was like, oh, that's weird. It's not a lot of people in this world that work on Roloflexes. Who's no. your dad? He's like, Harry Fleener. Ah, okay. I'm just going to pause for those uh, of you. Harry Fleener is Harry Fleener is like the god of Roloflexes. I've, I talked to, I've talked to that guy. I've sent my camera, the camera that I was using. If you open it up, there was a sticker that said Harry cleaner. <laughs> like, well, I'm like, dad, use him all the time. He's like, well, here's Harry's dad. Who's a vet of Pearl Harbor. I'm like, you wow. gotta be freaking kidding me. So I took their portrait. Like, it's just, it's insane. And yeah, yeah. I think about it now, I know December, they're doing something today, some kind of ceremony, but I guarantee you there are no veterans there. They're gone. Like, yeah. I, I don't know. I'm not saying I was prolific, but like, I'm really glad I did it when I did because for the most part, I remember like in 2016, I took a photo of the oldest living veteran. His name was Ray Chavez from San Diego. And he was 104 years old. He's gone mm-hmm. now. Right. Yeah, like, yeah. In my opinion, I was getting these portraits of these guys that that's the one that they're going to put at the funeral. Yeah, that's I mean, one of their, their last portraits. Yeah, like the, the, the young one when they were in uniform and all kind of thing. But like this is like the distinguished black and white, tight, limited depth of field. Like you're looking into their like story in their eyes, you know? Mm-hmm. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's crazy because it's, it's 80 years ago today. And a lot of them were late teens, early 20s, yep. which is 
around a hundred years old. Uh, so I don't, I don't know how many are still living, but yeah, I would imagine not, not too many, but yeah, that's, I mean, that's a lot of, a lot of power that we hold in our hands as photographers taking portraits of people and, um, and not just our clients because like they weren't your clients, they were their people. And I think sometimes we forget that our clients, because they're paying us and we're like, we have an hour to do this, whatever we, we lose track of that. They are people. And we really need to, to get that uh, humanity through in our photographs. And like, you know, this is going to translate to anybody who's listening, like you're going to probably start with wherever you call home. Right. Mm. With your, your base of people. So like for you, it'd be like in during that time when you were telling me I'm sitting on the couch zoning out, you could do that or you could pick up whatever camera that you feel to you isn't work. Which is one of the other main reasons I love to shoot film. If I shot digital, if I reached for that digital camera, I would feel like I was working. Mm -hmm. Because I know whatever I take, I'm going to have to go through it, call it, edit it, whatever, right? Wherever I pick up my camera, I love this. I love the format. It's different than a two by three aspect ratio. I can shoot square. I can shoot specific weird, funky lenses that only shoot at like F2, you know? And... um, I guess what I want to say is, is that, you know, if you're not going to do it, nobody is. Yeah. Do you hire a photographer every year to take your photos? We, we try to do every year, but it's usually like every, every two years. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, You try. And so if you're not picking your camera up and pointing it at these loved ones of yours Mm -hmm. between a one to two year period, there's a lot you're not telling about your life of who you are, you know, Um, I'll be completely honest. I feel in the last six months, my desire to pick up the camera has diminished a lot, comparatively speaking to how I used to shoot. Mm -hmm. My kids were full of magic and it's fun. And now I got teenagers and we're dealing with like anxiety and depression and different, like heavier stuff. Right. Uh Uh-huh. Uh, I'm not documenting it. It's nowhere near as much as, I mean, I'd shoot, I'm not even kidding you, anywhere from at least 10 to 15 rolls a week on my kids. You know, and, that, and that's not just once. It's like over a couple of days during whatever was happening during the week, you know. But now I'm lucky to get two, maybe three rolls a week if I'm lucky, which still, two, three rolls is better than nothing. Oh, yeah, 100%. And I did. I think a lot of times we like we have our our phones and we'll snap a few photos there. But that, I mean, I have no photos on my phone of like, yeah, yeah. Any <laughs> any any time, I, like I've I'm recently got back into film, maybe two or three years ago. Yeah, because um, I I started on film and then after college. Uh, was like, Oh, I guess I'll do digital. Cause that's like the thing. And, um, and then just kind of sat around, but like my, my photos around the house in the backyard in you know, the living room as the kids are playing around, like that's all my film cameras. And it is very different because like yesterday we were taking some like Christmas photos and yeah. it was, I, I got out my digital camera and it felt like work because I had like a light set up and I had the kids, you know, in a specific spot and all that. And the photos were fine, but like the, the most recent role that I got back, um, that I was just, it was after a wedding, I had like five or six frames left and I just shot around the living room on just a random Tuesday, taking photos of the kids and those came back. My wife was like, these are the best photos I've ever seen of our kids. Yeah, and like, so- we're, we're getting them printed to put on the walls. And I was like, yeah, this was just our every day. So let me, let me address that printed on the wall because you only have so much real estate. I don't even care how big your house is. Mm-hmm. You know, print everything, right? And put it on the wall. You should print. Don't let your JPEGs grow up to be JPEGs, right? So I use these boxes. I get their print file, right? They're like 
I'll, I'll get you the link. I don't remember exactly where I'm getting this from. Okay. This box is like 15 bucks, right? It holds eight and a half by 11. So like when I shoot, I print, right? And like, mm-hmm. you know, these, are, these are just, this was like an outing with the fine lab. Nice. But like, um, I don't know, like I, I could have all, like, what's the, what's the point of doing all, creating all this like beauty, right? Or this, this documentation of your life and not having like the tangible, like, I don't want my stuff to grow up and just be like random JPEGs, right? Like, oh yeah. And yeah, because like we need to print those. Like, like you think uh, my um, uh, last year, my my wife's grandpa passed away. He was like ninety five. Yeah, and we we drove up to Kansas. We did the whole memorial and everything. But as we were doing that that week, we were sitting down and looking at photos that were taken seventy. 80 years ago of him as a kid. And the only reason that we were able to see those and like flip through those and look through a box because they were printed. And like, that was, that was their only option back then. I mean, I guess, you know, they could not develop the negatives, but, uh, but like that is something that has been lost in our generation so much. There are, uh, I mean, we lost years of iPhone photos because a hard drive corrupted and we're like yeah those were years of photos that we didn't print that were just yeah oh we have them they're they're on a hard drive they're cool um and we don't have those now and there are a lot of people who are you know i mean you're you're gambling if you're gonna have those memories or not because they're not printed well it's even part of my like workflow so like after i have so, you know, I, I, so for those that don't know, I only shoot film. The only digital camera I own is my iPhone camera. I don't own any digital camera at all. Mm. So I'll on film, send it to the lab. They send me my scans. I'll do whatever kind of quick call, right? Like you're only as good as the shittiest photo you show or that's in a folder. Like I don't want anyone to discover like after my career, like, oh, you really sucked. <laughs> like, I deleted it and it's gone, right? Like I don't want it. Yeah. So my client, that's what I have. I don't have like a backup of, oh, the maybes. You know, I don't want a folder of maybes. Um, but once it's like delivered to the client, archived to Instaproofs, and then uploaded to um, Dropbox, that's it. And then I go through and I choose the ones that I want to print. So like these are the two, these are two images from the safe, not safe. Mm-hmm. That are up in Salt Lake right now on those placards on Broadway. But like, to me, I, I want, I want these photos. Like I don't want like here, like this is, I don't know. It didn't mean, it doesn't mean much now, but I, I forgot about this image. Here's my oldest son with the dog when he came home for college, like the first time, or I think this is, no, that was when he was leaving for college. Yeah. So, um, print your work here. It's a bad selfie of me with a camera that didn't work out. um i i want i have i've got like a stack right here of these boxes just um if there's one thing you would that i would take away from this pick up your camera outside of your paid work and point it at something you care about care about because when it's personal work right no one's paying you right this is now 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 you give a damn you know because I can guarantee you, I don't care how much you say you love weddings there are certain parts of that reception. You want to poke your eyes out. Uh-huh. Okay. But that's everyone in every kind of job situation. There isn't everything about your job that everybody loves. Right. Right. Like certain parts, you put your head down, you do it. I'm getting paid is what I'm here to do. However, when it comes to personal work, it should be something that you absolutely love. Like you yeah. want, you are driven to do this. I don't care if anyone pays me or not. Money is not an issue. I'm taking these photos mm-hmm. because I care about these people because I want to be able to say something or even, even have like the hope or dream that maybe through these photos, I can make a difference to these people or I can get them in front of someone who has more means and capital than I do that could make a difference, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean that reminds me of it's 
one of my favorite charities. We've partnered with them for almost seven years now. And they're the Archibald Project. They travel the world taking photos and videos of orphans. And that's what they do is they just, they put that out there so that their future families can find them. And so that people can, can fund these orphanages and stuff like that. And like that kind of passion, like they're not getting paid to go take photos of these kids. Yeah. But, but yeah, it's, yeah, it's, I think that's so good. And it's, it's something that we don't always think about is, um, especially if, if you're, if you're like in a, this is a, a crazy busy time for wedding photographers, uh, especially in the South, because it's like just now fall and, uh, it's like 65 degrees out right now and it feels nice. So people are having weddings, um, in December. And, uh, so it's, it's a busy time and it's easy to get burnout in taking photos, but the passion of taking photos of things that you are passionate about, that you care about like that, you don't ever get burnout at that. There's never a time that I pick up my camera around my kids or around, um, you know, going to different, anytime a charity that I've partnered with is like, Hey, we need a photographer to do this. I'm just like, yeah, hundred percent. I'm there. Like, cause that's what I care about. I care about them and the, the work that they're doing. I'm never like, uh, another one that I have to do for free. Yeah. Um, and I, I think that's another really cool driving thing about doing personal work is that not that your personal work should ever look any different than your professional work. They should look exactly one in the same. I mean, that's where you're developing your voice and trying to figure out like how I'm going to use this camera to make this creative look or like, I mean, that's where you're kind of testing things out and establishing your look. But like when there isn't a client involved, right? There's a lot more doors open for, well, I'm just going to try this because fucking I can, <laughs> you know? Like, oh yeah. Like you start to, you step out into these uncharted territories and then you get the results back. You're like, well, shit, I'm going to start doing this in my regular work. Mm-hmm. You know? Oh yeah. That was off camera flash for me at the beginning of quarantine and everything last spring. I was like, you know what? I'm going to take pictures of our kids. Like we are stuck at home for months. Yep. I, I'm going to do this and I'm going to experiment with off camera flash. I'm going to experiment with, with different lights and, you know, setting up these, these things. And a lot of it was not good. Um, but I did learn through it and started implementing that into my paid work. Um, and yeah, that's, that's cool. Yeah, man, John, this has been so good. I have loved, uh, love this conversation is I think is so important to have um, and, and one that doesn't necessarily get talked about too often in the photography world. Um, you know, there are, there are sexier topics, um, but, but this is very important. Um, before we wrap up our conversation today, there is a part of the show that I like to do. That's just talking about what we're loving this week. Um, could be movie book, TV show, whatever. It could be a new food or anything. What are you loving this week? So uh, I believe it was on Sunday or Saturday. I don't know what day it was. I think it was Saturday. Uh, My daughter needed to drive up to Salt Lake, so we gave her a ride. We had to kill times. So Kelly and I went to dinner and afterwards, let's go see them. Okay, cool. And we're like at the Broadway theater, which is like where all the like Sundance like indie flicks are, right? And mm-hmm. wanted to see this. It's kind of been on my radar, but I didn't know anything about it. I was like, sure, let's go check it out. It's a movie called Come On, Come On. Yeah. Joaquin Phoenix. It's all uh-huh. filmed. And uh, man, that movie changed. That's like the best thing I've seen in I, probably a decade. Um, okay. So, He's this kid's uncle, and he's going around like, so it's Walking Phoenix, like recording kids, like, and when I say kids, like nine to like maybe twelve year olds, asking them all these like super serious questions, and like I found out that the footage that they were filming where he really was asking these kids questions wasn't a movie, like these aren't actors, they're real kids, and they're like answering these questions, and anyway, that's. Huh. 
story of like he reunites with his sister and his sister's got this nine-year-old kid. Her sister's husband is going through some mental breakdown. So she's got to go to San Francisco and he takes this nine-year-old kid to New York, New Orleans. And like this kid is just really um, emotionally aware of himself. Anyway, if you parent at all kids, this is a movie to see. Even if you don't, like it's in, it, it, it's beautifully filmed. When the credits rolled, it's basically Joaquin, again, asking questions and all these answers from his kids. It wow. was, again, best thing I've seen in probably a decade. Okay, that's good. Because I, I watched the trailer for that because I'm a huge, anything that A24 does, I'm just like, these yep. are going to be great. They, yeah. they did not let you down okay. this I kid you not if you see it you'll want to go see it immediately again because yeah. like much stuff you missed you're like oh wait what like so good okay well yeah from the trailer i was like this looks like it's gonna be good and i'm probably gonna see it anyway but now i'm just like okay well cool we are definitely gonna go see it uh because it's it it is it all in black and white the whole thing okay and there are parts in the movie, which I love where, so he'll be reading to the little kid, right? And on the screen, it'll say the name of the book, the author and what he's reading. And it's this like prolific quote of whatever, right? But he's reading the kid, like just chill, like going to sleep books or whatever. And like, mm-hmm. it's amazing. There's two movies. There's another movie that's also filmed in black and white that has the most amazing composition that I haven't seen yet, Belfast. Have you heard of this? I've heard of that. Yeah. I have not seen anything about it though. But like just from watching the trailer, like I don't know if the movie's going to be great, but the DP is incredible. Like mm. the way it's framed, the it's, it, it looks like a compositional gem an eyegasm, if you will. <laughs> yes. Yeah. There is a, there is a movie that I watched. It's like, um, I wish I could remember the name of it. It's like, into the dark or something like that. Um, I don't know. I've, I've talked about it before on the podcast where it's, I think it was all filmed in Scotland and the acting is not great. The plot also not that great, but the composition, the cinematography, I was just like pausing it and just like, wow, just look at how they framed this shot of the kid running into the woods and then the mom coming in this side of the frame and the way that the trees are like angled down and the, I was like, this is really well done. Uh, but yeah, again, not that great of a movie, but it's, it's amazing whenever you have that really great cinematography and I'm always, uh, anytime that I see the director of photography in there and it's someone that I don't know, I'm like, I'm just going to Google them and see see what they do and uh i've always wanted to be a director of photography in something um but but that's i don't know probably a, a different my my next photography life after weddings uh but okay well cool well i'm gonna have to go see come on come on yeah you, um, i can't recommend it to anyone it's okay. beautifully shot the lighting is incredible the storyline's amazing and it just makes you think like it i'll leave it at that okay if you didn't like it come at me tell me <laughs> love to hear because i was thinking it was like man is this just a movie for people who have kids i don't think it is i really don't um yeah come at me <laughs> okay cool cool okay awesome yeah and that that sounds like it would be a good one in theaters too because there are some movies that i'm just like this would have been better in a theater and we have one here that still not a lot of people are going to, but like every Tuesday it's $5. Oh, and yeah, we need to, we need to, we need to start going back. We used to do that. Uh, Cause all three kids are in daycare or school on Tuesdays. Like we could do like a matinee for five bucks. That would be a fun day, day date. Um, okay. Let me see. What am I loving? Um, I've got a lot of different things. Uh, I recently watched a movie is it's been, it's almost like a decade old, but you know, that's how some movies go. I just don't see it whenever they come out. Um, it's called looper with, 
Joseph Gordon-Levitt and yeah. Bruce Willis. That movie's amazing. It was that so good. So good. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, it's the, I didn't recognize, I, I saw Joseph Gordon-Levitt and I was like, he looks so weird. Like this guy looks like Joseph Gordon-Levitt, but also not. And like the, the prosthetics that they put on to make him look like a young Bruce Willis were really well done. Uh, Cause they didn't look like prosthetics. Yeah. It looked like a different person. Um, but yeah, it's, it's an interesting time travel type deal. And right now. is it on Netflix? It's on Netflix. Yeah. Okay. Well, cool. Cause yeah. I'm seeing this in the theaters thinking, Jesus, this movie's in Callie loved it. She loves those psychological thrillers. Me too. I'm going to cool. I'm going to watch this again. Yeah. I think it recently came out cause it was in like the new releases section. I was like, I remember when that came out in theaters, I wanted to go see it. And then I didn't, um, just because, and, uh, yeah, cause I, I love Joseph Gordon Levitt when, when I was a kid, I looked just like him and, uh, just without the, like the long hair from third rock, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we've, we've changed a little bit. Um, but yeah, like it's, it's funny cause he was my wife's childhood crush. Yes. And I was like, yeah, pictures of me at like 11. We look identical, uh, but yeah, yeah. Looper, go check it out on Netflix. It's uh, if you like those psychological thrillers, um, it's a good action movie too. And time travel, it's got like all the different things and a lot of, uh, a lot of other actors that I was like, Oh, Hey, I know you, uh, like, uh, Blake Lively, I believe is yeah. that it. And I was like, Blake Lively. Oh, cool. <laughs> But um, yeah, it's a good one. I like uh, psychological thrillers, I think, are my favorite genre of movies. Um, recently saw Shutter Island for the first time. Yeah, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio, right? Leonardo DiCaprio, yeah. Because um, uh, Miguel, who was on the podcast a couple weeks ago, uh, he was like, oh yeah, Shutter Island. I was like, I've never seen that. And it's on Hulu or something. Uh, so I watched it and I was like, this is really good. I should probably watch more movies, <laughs> but I have like, I, I watch movies while I wash dishes. Cause that's like my downtime. Uh, Cause I don't really like spend time watching those kinds of movies on my own. I I'm busy with other stuff. So I'm like, dishes to be able to watch a whole movie while you wash dishes. Oh no. I only watch like, maybe 20 minutes at a time. Okay. So it takes me days. Yeah. A lot of dishes, man. A lot of <laughs> so many dishes. It's ridiculous. Dishes once a week. That's it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We also have a, a pretty small sink. So it, it's noticeable. <laughs> but awesome. Well, okay. So John, where can people find you? Where can they follow along with your photos and, and all the things? Uh, so the crazy thing is I don't even have a website right now. I haven't had one for like, I don't know, whatever flash decided to die. So the only way you can find me is on Instagram to be completely honest. So Instagram is just Jonathan Canless, Jonathan professional. Yes. Very professional. J O N A T H A N. My last name's Canless C A N L A S. That's it. Or you can awesome. check out the video shooting film. Cause um, we offer the fastest turnaround times. Um, a lot of labs are like two, three, four weeks. Y'all are super fast. Yeah, we're two to two to five days tops. Yeah, yeah. Because as I I've used other labs in the past, and then whenever I started using y'all, I was like, oh, these are already back. <laughs> it's a very very quick turnaround. Um, so which is amazing. Um, oh, I was gonna say something. Oh, uh, y'all, you. Uh, also on your your website, the the Fine Lab, y'all have like the um, not the disposable. I guess they're like reusable, disposable type looking uh, film cameras. Yeah, we. Uh, yeah, sorry. Yeah, keep yeah. I I I had an idea the other day. So I don't know. I guess who I, I don't care. You can take this if you're listening. Um, I want my couples at weddings to start taking photos of each other. 
and like just getting a couple of those just point and shoot f8 with the flash uh just like handing a couple to the wedding party and just like photograph throughout the day whatever you want to do and then just develop those and get that like behind the scenes type stuff that they won't always let the outsider photograph uh inside on the inside i like that yeah yeah i thought that'd be fun i saw another photographer who like handed his camera to the bride to take a photo of the groom like vice versa and all that i was like that's cool but i want to do that all day uh, yeah plus you know handing a a digital camera to a bride is that's that's an expensive even a film camera but like yeah, yeah. We, we do sell those reloadable i think they're made by lomography but we mm. so we're a lab that develops and scans film but we service everything like we sell film we sell cameras we have instax it's like a one-stop shop so yeah yeah and and i'll have links to uh to your instagram and and all the you know the the fine lab and all that in the show notes as well uh for anyone listening if you're like oh i want to check this out where can i find it it'll be there uh oh miguel's in the comments he's like yeah shutter island rocks uh it's, it was good. It was a good recommendation, Miguel. Thank you for that. Um, but yeah, awesome. Well, John, thanks so much. I have really enjoyed this. Uh, it's been been a joy to talk to you today. Yeah, thanks, man. Thanks for having me. And uh, if you got questions, put them in those comments and I'll hit back with answers. So, Y'all, I hope you are as pumped up as I am to go out there and to photograph the people and the things that we're passionate about. Um, I loved getting to talk with John and to hear his heart for photos and for the ones that he loves. As always, you can check out all the things in today's episode in the show notes at lightdarkco.com slash podcast slash 94. This episode was recorded in front of a live Facebook audience. Join us for the next live episode by joining the Light and Dark Photography podcast group on Facebook. This episode was edited by me, John Mansfield, and our theme song is by the talented John Isaac. Just John's all around this episode. Um, All of the ads in today's episode are affiliate partnerships, which means you get a great deal while still supporting us and helping keep this podcast coming at you every week. You can follow the show on Instagram at lightdarkco. John is at Jonathan Canlis, and you can find me at allheartphoto. Subscribe if you like the show, leave us a review and show some love. Share it with your friends. I always love making new friends. Until next week, I'll see you in the Facebook group. Bye.